Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Well, if you brought your Bible, how am I ready to just dive right in? Let's just, just, jump, just jump straight on in. I'm talking some of that summer talk. Just dive straight in. Let's go to the book of Acts, the fifth chapter. I hope you brought your Bibles because it will not be provided for you on the screen today. <laughs> Somebody say, uh-oh. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm sharing with you. I'm like, I'm not saying it. Then you know I didn't bring my Bible. Okay, okay. While you're turning there, and I know you are, in Acts chapter 5, let me just give you a little bit of context um, to, because we're in the middle of this series, I want to give you a little bit of context to uh, the book of Acts and then the story that we're going to just jump right in the middle of what's happening. Um, So the book of Acts is pretty much uh, a a history book um, for uh, the beginning of the church, and the story that we're going to jump into this morning is is taking place shortly after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and the the good news of the gospel uh, was being preached Boldly, what we are a part of today, they got to witness and see firsthand, and it's just just a matter of 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 days, weeks after the resurrection of Jesus, and people um, were risking it all. Everybody say, risk it all. The, the people, the followers of Jesus, the disciples, the apostles were risking it all to build the kingdom of God, even in the face of opposition. And that's what, he, that's what Adam was talking about. When you're, when you're, when you're tr- moving in a direction that God is calling you, you're going to face opposition. And you already heard another word for today before the message ever started. And that was don't stop, don't give up, and don't quit. Come on, somebody. Y'all talk back to me a little bit. And so, and so, um, so the, the, the apostles and the followers of Jesus were facing uh, opposition uh, from all the religious leaders of the day, even um, after the Roman Empire tried to snuff out the kingdom of God by crucifying uh, its leader. And a few months after the resurrection, after they thought that they had successfully, everybody say thought, after they thought that they successfully killed Jesus, they're now watching in disbelief uh, and panic as the legacy of Jesus is still gaining momentum after and beyond the grave. So the next move was to kill the apostles. The enemy's goal is always to try to silence those that have a voice that builds the kingdom of God. So we're going to pick up this story in the book of Acts Chapter 5, and, and there's quite a bit of story here. I was going to just give you just uh, 38 and 39. That's kind of really where we're going to land at. But I want to just kind of give you uh, some, some substance. So I'm going to just start reading in Acts chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse 17. It says this, the high priest and his officials who were Sadducees, you know why they got called Sadducees? Because they were sad, you see. Sorry, just a preacher joke. And... The, <laughs> The high priest and his officials who were Sadducee, Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple. This is the angel speaking to um, 
speaking to the apostles, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, and as they were told, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened with the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from jail for trial. Everybody say, they not there. They're not there. Sound familiar? It's kind of like they did with Jesus. They put him in there, thought he was supposed to say, now stay, boo-boo, stay. Boo-boo, sit. How many of, somebody say, you, you, you call it? No, no, no. He wasn't there. And that's how I want to be. Whenever the enemy thinks I'm over here, man, God's already moved me and he's positioned me and I'm still about the kingdom of God. I'm just telling you. He thought I was here, but I'm over here. And the moment that he puts his sights and he, and he zooms in on where I'm at, I'm already on to the next thing. But if I'm not tuned to where God wants me to be, I could still be here and I could be taken out because I'm not listening to the voice of God. Amen. Oh, where was I? Because I just... Da, 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 da. Okay, he sent for the boys because, uh, uh, from, from the jail for trial. Verse 22. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priest heard this, they were perplexed, wondering, when would all of this end? You ever think the enemy gets tired of Amen. God always trying getting you out of stuff? Hey, when's this going to end? <laughs> I love messing with the devil because he messes with me all the time. Then he brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. We gave you... Str- oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I totally jumped. 25. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. The captain went to his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people in the temple would then stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. And we gave, he said this, we gave you strict orders. Never again teach in this man's name. Everybody know what the name is? Name of Jesus. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. Well, hello. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so that the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. Verse 32, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. Verse 33, when they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. This is where I want you to lean in. This is, I love this. But one member, everybody say one member. One member of the Pharisee named Gamaliel who was an expert in religious law and respected all the people stood up and ordered the men to be sent outside the council chamber for a while. So they just ushered all of the the apostles outside. And he said these words. He said, colleagues, men of Israel, take what you are planning to do to these, uh, excuse me, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago, there was a fellow named Theodos who pretended to be someone great. And about 400 others joined him. If that was today, that would be your followers on social media. 
But he was killed and all of his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After, after him, at the time of the census, there was, a, there was Judas of Galilee. And he got people to follow him. Again, more followers. But he was killed too and all of his followers scattered. Verse 38. So my advice is leave these men alone. Let them go. If, if, they are planning, if they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Listen, you may even find yourselves fighting with God. That's how I want, that's how I want the enemy and all his minions to talk about me. You might need to leave B alone because, you're, because he is, if he's doing it in the flesh, it's all going to go by the wayside. But if it's God and he's listening to God, you're basically going to be standing up and fighting against all of angel armies. That's, who I, that's who's guarding my back. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you today. Part three of the legacy, um, the legacy series is this, living with a legacy mindset. Living with a legacy mindset. Next week is going to be the final uh, installment of the series. But today, I'm, I'm just trusting that, that this, this has so changed your life and give you a different perspective of how we're supposed to be living now because what we do today will be talked about tomorrow. So my question is, what about your life are people going to talk about? I want to make two statements as we jump in for just a few moments today. The first one is this. The legacy you leave will be determined by the life that you live. The legacy that you leave will be determined by the life you live. And number two, the life you live will be determined by the life that you fight for. The life you live, how you live your life will be determined by what you fight for. Because let's face it, and my brother already said it one time already today, there's going to be a fight. Anybody ever been in a fight before? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about behind the, 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 the football stadium. I'm talking about has the enemy just ever been just, just constantly? Amen. Everybody say legacy mindset. If you want something great in life, you've got to fight for it. Where are my married, all my married people at? You're going to have to fight for it. And all my married people said? Amen. Amen. If I was to say the name Kobe Bryant, how many know who I'm talking about? Kobe Bryant, uh, who was a professional basketball player, tragically died just a little over two years ago um, in a helicopter crash with his daughter and just a few other members. They were on their way to an event. When Kobe was alive, he coined something called the Mamba mentality, or I like to look at it this way, the Mamba mindset, which he defined as the constant quest to be the best version of oneself. That's how he lived his life, and that's why his legacy is still alive today. Because he lived his life in a way that he always wanted to be the best version of himself. I wonder if we woke up tomorrow and said, God, help me be the best version of myself today. Help me to be the best husband. Help me to be the best father. Help me to be the, the, best, the best spouse, best wife. Help me to be the best friend. Help me to be the best follower of you today. May my life Show others that you are real in my life. Adam could have got back in that truck at the bank when his air and got out like some of y'all might have done. Or maybe not y'all, maybe me. And kicked the tires of that, that truck. You stupid, no good. Y'all know how you people talk. 
you know, your neighbors, not y'all, y'all born again Christians, right? But, but how many would have just, yeah, lost their mind? I'm not saying he didn't. He just didn't tell us about it. But guess what? That ain't none of our business. That's between him and God. Amen? Amen. Amen. But what I'm saying is, maybe we say, God, whatever happens today, may my life reflect you. A little more like Jesus, a little less like me. Mm -hmm. So I want to give you my definition of what a legacy mindset is. Based off of the Mamba mentality, this is the legacy mindset. It's the constant quest to live a life that outlives you, listen, by the power of God and for the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. We should, in order to have a legacy mindset, in order for you to, to actually do this, you must be on a constant quest to live a life that outlives you. How do I do it? So glad you asked. By the power of God, well, why do I do it? For the kingdom of God. Not for your kingdom, his kingdom. Not for your big house with a white picket fence, your kingdom, his. Not for all of the toys and four-wheelers and boats and nothing wrong, but when those possessions begin to rule my life, it's not your, it's, it's his kingdom, not so that you can build up yours. And bring all the boys over to the house. Yep, that's my right, that's my, that's my, that's my, I don't even know what them things are called. What are them things called? Y'all got one. It's like a side by side. Some of y'all be putting, y'all be putting rims on them things, trying to put a tag on it and ride it down the road. Why? Because y'all proud of it. Nothing wrong with that. But don't let that be the kingdom that you're building. Because the things of this world will pass away and fade away. But God's word and God's kingdom will never. Man, they've been, they tried to crucify him. They tried to put the apostles in jail. You can't stop what God is a part of. So that's why you got to check and say, am I a part of what God wants me to be part of? Because if whatever you're doing, you're doing it in your might. It will fail. It will. You might be successful for a little while, but it will fail. And if you pray and God blesses you with something and then you don't return thanks to him. It's called having an, You're just ungrateful. I say it all the time around my house. Man, I'm grateful for what I have. Everything that I have, I'm grateful. My dad put that in me. That's the legacy he passed down. I'm grateful for where I am. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for my church family. Not that I can get up here every week, but that I can... That I can just love people and say, hey, whatever you're going through, don't let it deter where you're headed. Don't quit and don't give up. So we got to have the constant quest to live a life that outlives us by the power of God and for the kingdom of God. What did it say in Acts 5.38? It said, uh, so my advice is to leave these men alone. Why? Let them go. If they, what they are planning and doing is merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. I looked this up in the message paraphrase, and it said, if their activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. I think that's actually NIV. Not be able to stop. Living a life that outlives you requires the power of God working in you and through you. All right, so I want to give you, in just a few moments, I want to give you two mantras or mottos. I don't know why I just, that was like, mottos. Sorry. 
I really try not to be distracted but by my own self. I'm like, if I, God, if I'm distracting me, I know what I'm doing is probably distracting them. Motto. Let's <laughs> say it. Here's the first one. Oh, it's not going to be up there. Here's the first one. You got to work it. Write this down. There's only two mottos that you need for your life. Whatever it is, work it. Let me explain. Have you ever started something, but you stopped shortly after you started because you weren't seeing the results that you felt you needed to have? Could be a diet. Could be cardio. I know my family's looking at me going, Dad, are you going to talk about you? I am in just a minute. Because I don't want you to think I'm picking on you and knocking on your back door. But listen, it's not that the diet didn't work. You just didn't work it. Not going to shout me down? Okay. Maybe you bought a member, gym membership. I've been paying on a gym membership for like three years. Well, I've longer than that. I hit pause. And then I told him to restart. And I ain't been back. I watched it hit my car the other day. I was like, that's the third month, and I ain't been one time. And see, I was real good when we first moved down here because I had an accountability partner, and, and I, was, I showed up every, for four years, I showed up. And I was proud of what was going on, which, which y'all can't see, but she sees. I was proud of it. I got to get bigger shirts just so you can't see what's really going on behind the veil. <laughs> Listen. It's not, and, and the reason that I haven't gone is because I want to see instant, I want to see instant success. It's not that the gym membership wasn't working, I wasn't working it. Anybody ever planted a garden on your property? You prepared the garden, prepared the ground, even planted seed, even watered it, but then you left it unattended. For a few months, and you literally walked out there with your little basket, a tisted a tasket, a little wicker basket. I know it's green and yellow basket, but y'all flow with me. Y'all don't have green and yellow. We, we in the country, it's, it's wicker baskets. Anyway, you walk out there to get the tomatoes only to find out there's weeds out there, and what, what, almost said fruit, what vegetables you do have are half eaten or, or not fully developed because you didn't work it. So you got to live a life that whatever God is calling you to do, work that. If you're married, work that marriage. You can't put a ring on it and that's it. That settles it. I told her I loved her. If I change my mind, I let her know. Shame on you. Real quiet in this little church. Well, if you'd stop messing with me, I'd actually talk back to you. Oh, we're going to talk, Pastor B. You just wait till I get you at the door. Greg Michael, I'm going to need you to stand with me at the door on the way out. Okay, okay. Listen, 99.9% of failed marriages did so not because the marriage didn't work, but because two people didn't work their marriage. Did you hear me? You ever hear this one? I tried church, but it didn't work. I tried fasting, got hungry, (laughs) didn't work. No, you didn't work it. I, I read my Bible one time. Last month, 20 minutes, got nothing. It didn't work. No, you didn't work it. 
You need to hear this. God's word works. You just need to work it. If, if you only reading your Bible one time a month isn't doing anything for you, guess what? It wasn't designed to. Did you hear me? If the only time you open up your Bible and half of y'all don't even bring a Bible. Okay, uh, let me back down. I'm, I'm not going to. Okay. If the only time you get the word is when you come in here and you're wondering why everything's still not right and kosher in your marriage is be, uh, or in your life is because the word isn't designed for this to be the only time you open it up. Amen. And it's not only designed for a pastor or a bishop or whatever you, title you want to put on a human person. Notice I said human. Human person. If the only time you hear the word is when they're spoon-feeding it to you, you're going to be sick. <laughs> Listen, doing life God's way works if you work it. Living a legacy mindset requires commitment, accountability. That's not even in my notes, but he just told me to add that in there. If you're going to have a legacy mindset, it's going to require you, not, 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 not maybe. No, it's, it's a requirement that you, you get committed and that you find somebody that's going to hold you accountable and that you have the fundamentals of the faith. Amen. Acts chapter 2 says that the apostles gave themselves or devoted themselves to prayer every day. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Matthew 6 calls the word of God the bread of life. Your soul needs bread. Your body may not, because <laughs> mine don't. I got up this morning, and I, my Sunday morning ritual for breakfast is two uh, toasted, uh, I try to do healthy, the, the wheat bread. I only like it. I like the white bread, but it's wheat. And put some peanut butter on it. But today, I knew that I need, because I'm, after today, excuse me, after I tell you that I haven't been to the gym, the guy was like, are you going to use what you're saying and actually do something with that membership? The answer is, church, yes, I am. So my body said, you don't need that bread. It don't matter if it's white or wheat. You don't need it. So I went and got me a, a rice cake <laughs> this morning. Your soul needs bread. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He said, what? Give us, Lord, our daily bread. He didn't say our occasional bread. He said daily bread. Philippians 4, 6 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Guess what? If you're going to have a legacy mindset, you've got to do this stuff always, not just when everything looks good and just when your AC is working properly. If you just got to roll that window down and just take off, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Father, touch this AC, but if it don't, I'm still not going to let it steal my joy. Because if it steals my joy and robs me of my joy, it's stolen my strength. I might be hot as 500 hills, but I'm not going to let it affect my mindset because I have a legacy mindset. Write this down. Salvation is free, but legacy is not. It will cost you everything. If you're going to live a life that outlives you, you need the power of God working in you and through you every day. Prayer works. So you just have to work it. Being connected and committed to the local church works. Can I just, can I? Coming to church work? I, I saw him say, you can tell your story to anybody who wants to know, but I'm telling you, it works. 
If, if the only time you come in here is once a quarter and you go, well, it's just not working for me. Church wasn't designed to that way. It's to get committed to it and work it. They're not sitting on the back anymore. They're sitting on the front. <laughs> and got their babies up here. Watching. Leaving a legacy. Number two. Matra or Mato. Number two. You got to risk it. If you want a legacy mindset, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to run, some, run some risks. Brian Norris, I don't, I don't know what drew, I do know what drew you here today. It's called the Holy Spirit. But you're also here solo, by yourself. Which is a lot because I've been in church for a long time. I've seen women. I'm not saying that. I, I'm, I've seen women. They come to church without their spouse. And she may be working and that, that's fine. But it's rare to see a dude walk in without their spouse. And the reason you're here is because there's legacy. His name was Dennis Weber, who poured in to your life. God, it's just blessing my soul right now because I know that you're here. Yes, because of God, but because somebody invested in you who had a legacy mindset that it just wasn't about Dennis Weber and his kids, but it was about Brian Norris, his family, and his future family, and his kids. I just want to run up and tackle people. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I want to tackle people that I watched my dad pour their lives in, his life into because they're an extension of a legacy that he lived for. And that's why I still talk about it today because it's worth talking about because he lived a life that outlived him. Ah, you got to risk it. The cost of a great legacy is the price of your security. Write that down. The cost of a great legacy is the price of your security. You got to risk it. The history of Christianity is full of people who were followers of Jesus who constantly over and over risked it all, leaping into the unknown that if God didn't step in, they did not have a chance. I, I, we, our family has lived that way. God, we're going to do this, but if you don't step in, We'll never make it. We'll never survive. When the apostles and followers of Jesus continued to face jail time and death threats, do you know what they did? They went and prayed for more boldness to keep taking risks. Acts 4.29 says, this is how the apostles prayed. This was their prayer in the midst of death threats. They said, take care of our threats. God, and give your servants fearless confidence in preaching your message as you stretch out your hand to us in healings and miracles and wonders done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When I'm praying for people, I'm not praying in Bradley's name. I'm praying in the name of Jesus because Bradley can't do nothing for you. You got to risk it all. You got to risk what people, what people are saying. Listen, when God calls, there's a particular person right now in the, in, in the room, that when God calls you to step out in faith, it's going to require a risk, but he will always be faithful to take care of you. You're a part of a ministry. It is in our DNA 
to risk it all for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what you're part of. When we were raising money for our students to go to, it was pretty much our middle school students with just a couple college students, to go to Forward Conference, we were raising money. And there was another particular church in our city whose youth ministry was, was raising money for a function that they wanted it to be a part of. And the Holy Spirit said, write a check. We're raising money for our kids. But he said, what the Holy Spirit said, plant a seed for the harvest that you want to see. So we wrote a check for $500 and blessed another church. That may seem like a lot of money, but I don't want to be just that way. I'm like, God, if it's a million dollars, we need three for our building, roughly. Three million. But I want us to get to a place where God blesses us and blesses you and blesses this house. That if somebody else needs that, God, it's yours. It's yours. If you want to know what kind of ministry you're part of, you're part of a ministry and you have a pastor that will risk it all. Come on, give Jesus Christ some praise. Don't be shy about it. Listen, church, churches start to die the moment that we stop playing it safe. I mean, the moment that we start playing it safe. See, businesses and churches will risk everything to get it off the ground. But the moment that we have something that we could lose, we play it safe. We're not going to play it safe. Somebody say desperation. Some of the most powerful moments of worship, listen to me, some of the most powerful moments, can I just have just a few more minutes? Some of the most powerful moments in worship do not happen in a church facility or an arena. Some of the most, the most powerful worship experiences happen around deathbeds in hospitals. Because we'll go after God when we need something. But when, it's, when, it, when we're cool and convenient and our AC's rolling like it's, we good. The moment that we start playing it safe is the moment that we die spiritually. Desperation always precedes your breakthrough. Always precedes your breakthrough. The question that on the table that I want to ask you right now is what risk is God asking you to take? What risk is God asking you to take? It's been said that believers believe and disciples do. I don't want to just be a believer. I want to be a doer. I don't want to just come in here and hear the word. Oh, that was good, but I don't do nothing with it. Because if you don't do nothing with it, sounds to me like I'm saying if you don't work it. If you don't work the word, the word won't work for you. So, so what do we need to do? Confess that addiction. Cancel that prescription. Cut up that credit card. Start that diet. Yo, B, get back in the gym. Start that company or that small business. Here's, the, here's one for you. Start tithing. Start serving. You can't ask God to bless your finances when you're like this with what you do have. I am not a pastor that is not one time has I, have I ever spoke on tithing. But you cannot ask God to bless something that you're not freely giving back to him. Oh, you're trying to drum up, you're trying to drum up offering. No, 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 no. This ministry is good. We're the best place we've ever been. 
But you can be at the best place you've ever been if you'll just give him just 10. You make 100, give him 10. That's all that it is. He's the one that gave you the power to get all of it. He's just saying, give me 10. Show me your heart. Because where a man's treasure is, there is his heart also. You cannot separate the two. Okay, let me move on. Because, well, I knew he was just like all them other preachers. No, he is not. God is my source. I'm not trying to be arrogant. Please. Your breakthrough is directly connected to your obedience. You can link that back to what I just said on tithing. Your, your breakthrough is directly connected to your obedience. In closing. I got a goal. I'm going I'm to I'm hit that goal on that clock. Not to worry. I don't know who this message is for today. But I do know that someone here has been hanging on and hanging out at the shoreline and the shallow end of your faith when you know that God has been calling you to step out into the deep. And although you may feel safe and you may like the comforts of a comfort zone because hanging out in the shallow end makes you feel secure. But I can assure you, you're not going to find freedom there on the shore and you're not going to experience the entirety of what God has for you until you launch out into the deep. God, we need $500 for our, for our students to go. But you're going to give $500. And because we gave $500, we went to Atlanta, Georgia with four grand. That covered everything. Now, I can't say that that would have happened had I held on to the five because we needed the five. See... I'm working the word. I'm working what, what? I'm working it. It doesn't work unless I work it. And it's all connected to my obedience. As a pastor, as a leader, as a shepherd, as a husband, as a dad. You got to work it and you got to be willing to take a risk. Maybe the reason you're not seeing the power of God at work in your life is because you're not in a place where you actually need it. Did you hear me? Maybe you're not seeing the power of God operate because you're not in a place where you need the power of God. I don't need him when I'm on the shore and I can feel the ground instability. But it was when Peter got out the boat. He needed God. He needed Jesus. For me and my house, and as long as God appoints me to be the shepherd of this house, we're always going to position ourselves to a place where I need God to show up. Can you say the same? Are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to work it? Are you willing to risk it? Listen, Jesus is not a supplement. He came to be Savior and Lord. Final question. What kingdom are you building? What kingdom are you building? Is your life pointing people to Jesus? Are you making moves to advance the kingdom of God? 
Or are you making moves to advance your earthly kingdom? Listen, you take care. You obey God. God will take care of you. You can't expect him to take care of you if you're not being obedient. If you're not working his word and risking it all. The little lady, I, I, I don't know why I'm on. I'm not, even, I'm not trying to talk about, about, about giving, but the, the, the lady who gave all she had. Just, just, just all she had. She risked it all. Not just what she brought to church, but what she had, all of it. The story of, um, of, 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 um, oh, the prophet who went to the lady's house and all she had was just a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. And, and all she had was just enough for her and her son. And he said, make me some. She had enough left over. Little boy had five loaves and two fishes. It's all he had. But God multiplied it because of their obedience. Okay, I got to stop. And I'm not even talking about money. It's obedient in anything, anything. Don't get tied up on the money, honey. What kind of kingdom are you building? Are you building? God is saying if you want to live for something bigger than yourself and a life and live a life that outlives you, you've got to be willing to work it and risk it and build it. Build what? Build a great legacy. That's it. Next week, final conclusion. I'm going to tell you when it starts. Can I pray for you? We're done. I got two minutes. Well, I got one now. I had a goal. I'm going to hit that goal. Worship team, come. I, I don't know who it was for. I don't, like last week, I was like, mm, I don't know if it's for anybody. Somebody said, hey, can I have a moment of your time? We stepped into uh, the cafe area, and with tears in their eyes, this person said, hey, if it was for nobody else, it was for me. Amen. He lit a fire under me. Not you, Jesus. lit a fire. God lit a fire under me. And I'm telling you, there's a fire in this room. If you don't feel it, don't leave until you get it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you it doesn't return void. God, help us to conquer the battle in our mind. We've got to fight for it. If we want to leave a great legacy, we've got to fight for it. So God, empower us. Empower us to get committed. Be held accountable. And make a difference. In Jesus' name. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody say, the battle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.